1: Can you see
2: it? Did you know this was over. Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot. He scores! Moments notice.
0: Adam's Lee. You're listening to Canucks
1: Conversation.
0: Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes
2: and what he's doing
1: to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered
2: by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demco involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. Really? We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on.
1: I want to fist bump you right now.
2: What <laughs> Steals, cutting in, shoots,
0: snores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Don't don't
2: worry about that stuff in the background there. Yeah.
0: Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, who had a problem with the music that our technical producer, Alex Allard, was playing Mm -hmm. uh, as the show began. Because as I'm getting ready to do the opening read... You know, my opening that I always do, you start blasting music in my headphones. Yeah, just to wake you up a little bit. You got no energy drink over there. I got mine. And let me point out in the chat early. We started two minutes late today. Uh, People were asking if I'm late. No, I'm not late, folks. I wasn't late. I was here on time. I still got my vest on. I'm having a good day. Uh, The Canucks. Uh, Are not having a great day, it would seem. Uh, We'll get to that report in a sec. Before that, though, I mean, it is big news. We will get to it, but I I love answering questions like this. Canucklehead in the chat jumped in very early and asked, I'm curious to ask what kind of music you two listen to in your daily lives. I've been grooving at work a lot to 90s punk, funk, rock, and I'm wondering what you boys listen to while you write. I'll go first. While I write, if I'm writing, I'm listening to jazz. If I'm or no, excuse me. If I'm writing, I'm listening to Piano Chill playlist on Apple Music. If I'm editing, it's uh, it's the Jazz Chill playlist, if I'm editing. And then if I'm writing and I really need to go off... Yeah, Alex with a little jazz Ooh. in the back there. I like that. Uh, if I'm writing and I need to go off, I, I kid you not. I think I've told you this before. I put Darude Sandstorm on repeat. Like if, if I'm writing stanchies, I usually have Darude Sandstorm just on repeat. And my heart rate gets really high and... Yeah, it's,
1: yeah.
2: Anyways, that's what about when, What about my stuff, when you edit my stuff?
0: When I edit your any, stuff? Any different
2: music for me? Yeah,
0: I play, you know that circus music?
2: Yeah. No. Okay, what I see where you're going.
0: I'm right? just joking. I'm just joking. Your stuff's fine. Um, no, I listen to jazz while I do your stuff. Everybody's stuff,
2: I listen to When jazz. you're writing, that's what you do? You're, uh. <laughs> the circus music? No, no. What When you're writing, you said, what, jazz? Yes. Slow jazz? When I'm writing, I
0: listen to piano.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, you must not get through much. All your two hundred word articles. <laughs> what do you just? Yeah,
0: take? I listen to twenty seconds of a song. It's just taste.
2: Yeah, this is all. This, this is all you need right here. Just fifteen yeah. seconds. <laughs> little of little
0: preview. Little uh, preview. Uh, speaking of two hundred words article, two hundred word articles. Uh, there's one up. Well, I uh, can't even tell
2: you what I listen to. What's, oh yeah, sorry. Go, go for it. Sorry. I have a play. I got the Apple playlist. It's called uh, Pure Motivation. You can check if you got oh, Apple Music. Good. You yeah. go hit that one up. Pure Motivation, and they update it every week. I feel like, but it's a lot of the same songs. But it's a good. Uh, also a good workout playlist. I that's funny that you listen to jazz. I do like the complete opposite, where I just like roll through like I need to like get pumped up to fire it up because I hate writing. But I like the the fire music sometimes when I'm doing like a big big article where I know I'm like I'm gonna be here for like three hours because it's gonna be like research, you know, making graphs, all that stuff, putting all the stuff together. You have no idea about any of this stuff. You just have two hundred word articles, mm-hmm. one one tweet from me, and that's your article. Uh, but. No, the, the big articles sometimes, I haven't done this in a while actually, but I used to do like, I'd listen to a full album from like, just you, like, cause I don't do that enough. I, I don't listen to like an album from start to finish, like ever really, unless I'm doing these, like I don't just walk around listening to an album, but I like that when I'm writing an article. Cause then you kind of, you know, you get like some good vibes going through and I, th- I feel like artists obviously do this, like a vibe through the article or through the album. I don't know. I, I, I've liked that a little bit more of, of, uh, in the past couple of years. I've
0: I hear you. Yeah. No, it's a good Close move.
2: Enough. It's a good
0: move. Uh, and in everyday life, I, you know this. I listen to all sorts of stuff. My, my Spotify wrapped my Apple Music wrapped mm. or whatever it's called. Mm. Uh, it was like Britney Spears, Harry yeah. Styles. The Strokes were number one. The Beatles are in there. Uh, there's some Shania Twain in there. I'm all over the map right. when it comes to that. I actually, but,
2: I actually don't think that you listen to Darude uh, Stan, Sandstorm when uh why when you're editing why so there's no way you listen to. no
0: that. not while i'm editing no i no, said no, when no. i'm
2: writing the stanchies i know what you listen to when you when you edit uh, the stanchies it's the alarm clock on the iphone <laughs> waking you up because you're asleep half the time for the, the guy for the submits stanchies. it
0: at 1 in the morning and he's like get on it i do i, I always do get on it but sometimes mm-hmm. i have to wake up a little bit so you're right yeah sometimes right. it is the alarm uh okay enough about us thanks chat for uh, interacting with us Let's talk Vancouver. I like Canucks. that.
2: Throw a question in the pre preamble there. Start like that. That's good. Uh, stuff. Although, because we never these intro things, we don't ever like prepare what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we just, like normally I, it's just like right when we hit the air, something pops into one of our minds, and it's like, hey, let's 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 waste uh, seven minutes talking about this. Yeah, uh, and
0: let's waste no more time because the Vancouver Canucks. There's a report out from Rick Dollywell of Donnie and Dolly, the team on Check TV. Go check them out. Uh, there was a report today that Bo Horvat rejected the Canucks best offer now a lot of times Chris I would see a report like this and just in any anything like past history the NHL anything like not just this situation I would look at this situation and say 200 word article have you have you never heard of negotiating through the media You know what I mean? Because people are like, okay, well... uh, And sorry, I should read Dollywall's report in full. What Dollywall actually said was that the Canucks made their best offer to Bo Horvat, uh, and it was rejected. The Canucks stretched it to as far as they could go. As of right now, I believe they have gone as far as they can go. Even the number the Canucks were willing to go to, they would have been over the cap at the end of the season. Uh, The Canucks will now take the best offer uh, for Bo. So... Uh, Dolly Wall kind of threw out there with his knowledge of the situation. He's going to guess, he said it was a guess, uh, that the offer the Canucks made was under $8 million, uh, And Bo is over that with his start. This is what Dolly Wall is assuming. And yeah, like, like Dolly Wall went on to say, Canucks can't sign another $8 million player. Now, the thing that I find interesting about this, Chris, is yeah, like a lot of people have kind of pointed out, like... People are kind of reading too much into this because, yeah, Dollywall said the Canucks are now going to look for their best trade option. This looks like the beginning of the end if we're to take this report at face value. And people are saying, uh, well, that's just a negotiation tactic. From what you hear and just from conversations you and I have both had behind the scenes, that type of thing, this really does feel like the beginning of the end, right? Like this kind of feels like it's... I don't want to use the term nail in the coffin because I don't think Bo's going to get traded for at least another two months. Remember, folks, the 2023 trade deadline is on March 3rd, so you still have some time. Like, I don't think Bo's getting traded right away, even with this report coming out. I I don't think that's that's what's going to happen
2: here. Like, I, I think we're still we're still going to see Bo Horvath as Vancouver Canuck for a while. Mm, I don't know about that. You think it's soon? Uh, it could be soon. I'm saying I, I don't think it's going to happen at you know March uh, was it March 3rd. March, no, 5th? I think
0: it'll happen in February.
2: Right, it could happen in February. I also think that with the value being so high and other teams, like, like think about the Avalanche, a team that's been talked about a lot as a destination for Horvat. I mean, the Avalanche are sitting around the Vancouver Canucks right now for points percentage. Like yep. they're they're above them, but they're a team that that kind of needs to get back on track. And I mean, adding a Horvat right now. You want to deal with a team that's in need, right? And I'm not saying that the the Avalanche, as like a whole, are in a massive need. They're they're going to have you know some injuries come back. They're basically playing the Colorado Eagles right now uh, when you go into Denver, but like they're they're in need of some players right now, and that's why I wouldn't be shocked to see it sooner rather than later. Um, also, if you're in the position where the Canucks are in. Yeah, you want teams to be bidding. I just don't think that you have to wait until closer to the deadline. I think teams can start bidding now, and I think you want to take the best offer. And if the right offer is there, you know, hopefully in hindsight, looking back to what happened with JT Miller and that offer that was that was coming in from the Rangers, you need to look and say, hey, you know, not everything's going to work out perfect for us. Maybe we should take this deal now, right? And if it's a good enough deal that makes you happy about the return, I don't, I don't see any problem with it happening you know, in January, at some point in December here, if the right deal's on the table, the Canucks can't push it down the road. They need to take it. They need to take the right deal for Horvat because you brought it up. He's going to get eight plus million dollars on the open market. That's simply what it's going to be. The Canucks, they can't afford that. They, they like physically looking at the cap, they cannot afford another $8 million player next year and still be able to ice, you know, 18 skaters and two goaltenders because even right now with the team, like they have a little bit of space right now to make a move. And actually the Avalanche do as well. So it's not like there needs to be a ton of money coming back. The Avalanche also don't have a lot of bad money. I I keep bringing them up as an example because they have their first round pick this year. They have their first next year. Uh, You know, they have some very interesting high profile prospects um, that are obviously kind of at at the, the bridge of making the NHL right now. They have some really interesting pieces that can make a deal happen, but you think about it in the Canucks, they have some cap space right now, but it's like, Tanner Pearson is on LTIR, his 3.5. You're not seeing that on the cap. You still have Tyler Myers next year at $6 million. Pearson's getting healthy too. Right. JT Miller's about to get a, t- a $2.75 million raise going into next season. You've got Kuzmenko, Huglander, Dermott, Bear. All of them don't have a contract for next year. So you need to still be able to ice, you know, a lineup. I mean, there there is $2.4 million coming off the books um, for the Vertanen and Holby buyouts and uh, Furland's LTIR is gone, which like, you know, everyone's like LTR is great for cap. It is, but it's also like fine to just not have to deal with the LTIR stuff as well. And maybe you can use that in a different way, uh, specifically not knowing the future of Tucker Pullman. And we asked Boudreaux about Tucker Pullman uh, yesterday. And yeah, he just said no update, like nothing. Um, So I don't know what his future is uh, with playing hockey. They just, they can't afford the $8 million. So yeah, I think that it it wouldn't shock me to see it sooner rather than later up to this point with with a bull Horvat trade, because now, Listen, this report from Rick Dollywall is going to go around the league like wildfire, right? With you know, reports like this, I, I don't know if people truly understand how fast like these big news stories go around. Like this Dollywall report is probably on every single NHL GM's you know plate desk, whatever you want to call it. Like every NHL GM has probably seen this now. Because think of uh, like I even just think back of like last week the Luke Shen article that like gets to. You know, Shen's it, agent yeah. within hours. <laughs> and it's like around, like, I don't think people truly understand how quickly these things get out to folks. And and obviously when it's a big report, like Rick Dollywall, who does an incredible job um, breaking these stories and getting these reports out there, like, every GM is now aware. It's like, this is sort of a good play for the Canucks now with everybody being aware of the situation and saying, like, you know, everybody, all the GMs probably perking up and giving a call to Vancouver right now, or at least Vancouver is going to be following up on calls and, and making these conversations. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing. I think it could be sooner rather than than later for Horvat to be traded.
0: Yeah, and also, this is just my own little thing. I love when, you know, Dollywall puts out these reports. People in, like, comment sections, like, especially when we pick it up at Canucks Army, people like, can't listen to anything Dollywell says when it's like you just brought it up that like every NHL GM is going to be calling the Canucks about this. And anyway, I'm not going to start uh, start on this, but I always find that really funny when that's the case. Uh, so I ask you this, Chris. The Canucks have made their best offer to Bo Horvat. And for those in the podcast, I just did some air quotes there. They've made their best offer to Bo Horvat. Probably can't go over $8 million, And I don't think you'd really want them to either, no. right? Like... They, again, already,
2: they already made you know they made their bed with the JT Miller, deal. and they, they shouldn't they can't have do it again. And they shouldn't, Absolutely
0: they not. shouldn't have done that with Miller. Like that's the thing. And again, I know hindsight's twenty twenty and all that sort of stuff. But if you're using hindsight for Miller, right, and you're saying maybe we shouldn't have given this guy, uh, you know what we gave him, learn the same thing from Bo, where you have a guy who's having a career year in terms of production. He's not going to sustain it, like Bo Horvat. Maybe he scores 50, maybe he scores 60 this year. Like, mm. maybe he scores that. I'm, I I am think it's safe to say he will never touch that total again throughout the rest of his career. Right. I think this is going to be the best year of Beau Horvath's career, like it was last year for JT Miller, and the Canucks jumped at it to pay him for his best year. Miller's never going to get 100 points, or 99, whatever he had. He's never going to get that again. And not only that, once the offense dries up, you're looking at, remember at the start of the year when people were talking about, oh, this guy's a defensive liability. Like, he's legitimately a liability out there. Like, that's what you're looking at with JT Miller long-term. And again, I'm not trying to slag on Miller here. Players that put up points deserve to get paid. I understand that. But with where the Canucks are at right now, paying up for JT Miller the way they did just didn't make sense. And again, the, the, the direction I'm trying to go with this is just say, look, Bo is not a fantastic defensive player or anything like that. So... You know, with a guy like Patrice Bergeron, I'm using him because he's the easiest example to think of. When his offense dries up, he's still bringing a lot to the table. Like, he's still your first-line center, even if he's not scoring or putting up a ton of points because he plays defense so well. Bo Horvat doesn't play defense extremely well. It's always been a sense of, you know, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, right, with Bo Horvat. And again, we'll talk about this another time. I threw out the take to you um, kind of before the show about the Canucks have always just kind of seemed to have misused and, not mistreated. I don't want to say that, but he's never had consistent wingers throughout his entire Canucks career. Um, they've always tried to use him as a defensive center, and that's partly why he's never had consistent wingers throughout his career with the Canucks. And like we're seeing what Horvat is now, he, he's a scoring center, but he's always been had to be had to be used as a defensive center, and he just. He he was never that, and it was just because of the connect roster construction that he had to be used like that. Again, square peg in a round hole. And again, right. I don't wanna I don't wanna just ramble on here and I know that's what I'm starting to do, so I'm gonna try to wrap this up. But my point is, is you know, people in the chat even are saying like, you know, trade Miller, trade Besser, give up whatever assets you have to in order to free up the cap space to sign Bo, do that. And Commander Vander pointed out, he said if you're just moving out guys to give Bo more money, you're just making the team worse without actually fixing any cap issues. Like, if you're moving out money in order to just give it all to Bo Horvat, like you just said, you still have to ice a team around him. And, hey, like, the Canucks couldn't ice a good team around Bo Horvat when he was making 5.5. Mm. Now he's going to make eight for eight years, and we're okay with that? And like,
2: it's not just that. It's JT Miller's money going up. It, it's exactly. the next contract for Pedersen. So you've put yourself in a situation where you've really bet on the wrong boat at this point, uh, right? Like, you, you bet on JT Miller. He's obviously like moved to the wing. We saw it practice on Sunday and we'll get to the changes to the lineup in a minute here, yeah. but you know, this is the guy, this is the the player who would have been the center for you moving forward. And when Bo does end up leaving, which is kind of imminent at this point, it looks like it's just coming down the road. Now you you kind of have to use JT Miller as a center. And is he a center? Is he at his best when he's a center? I don't think so. I think he's at his best when he's playing the wing if this team you, trades Bo, he's a center again. To <laughs> what you said about you know, round pig peg square hole, whatever you said, uh, you're going to have to now have your top six centers be Patterson and Miller. Because what's the other option? What is like you know, Studnik is your second line center. Studnik is going to play there. Maybe and, the player and, that you get back in the yeah, Horvat exactly. trade could That's play what there. Like say. that could be something. But at the same time, that you're asking a lot for the Horvat trade. If you if you start to like pick and select the value coming back, right? That's when you're going to hurt the overall value. If you need to have a center who can play in your top six coming back in the Horvat deal, you're limiting the value because you're not going to be able to get a defenseman and a draft pick, and that center is going to hop into your top six. Now you're starting to limit the value. You want to just have pure value coming back. And yes, the Canucks have like a lot of wingers that can score and put up points. Maybe that's like somewhat of what you're getting back, but then you need to sort of work other things like, You know, we've talked about, like, it's going to take some pain for this team to get into their spot. It's almost like, to me, it's like a scab, right? Like, you don't want to, like, pick at your scab. And that's what it felt like. Like, the playoffs was the scab. And and, the Canucks kept picking at it and picking at it. Instead of just, like, letting it heal naturally with, like, the money coming off the books from the players that you traded for OEL, now the JT Miller situation, they they just keep picking at the scab when you should have just, like, let this team, this team like was on course to be able to set yourself up for a retool. Now you're being forced into a retail and you never want to be forced into something when you're and, an NHL team and kind of managing your cat, especially in this, in this era where money is really everything. And look, salary cap.
0: when Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin got here, like they talked about that, right? Like they talked about how, okay, we, we might need to change some things up. Right. And you know, our defense isn't good enough, that type of thing. Like we, we heard that, right. right. Um, and then something changed. And you look back at that deadline offer from the Rangers last year. And I hate to, I hate to bring it up again, but Filipino's got like five goals, seven assists so far on the season. Not JT Miller numbers, but he's still only 22, 23 years old. You pick him up. You pick up Niels Lundqvist, who's doing really well in Dallas right now. You also add a first round pick to that. Mm. It's just, and again, like the Canucks looked at that and said, that's not enough. Right? And reportedly. Reportedly, right. that's what happened. And again, you look at that situation and you say, you you can't have that happen again with Bo Horvat. Like, you can't you can't have all these offers for Bo Horvat. And even if you don't think they're great, take the best one. You can't do it where you clear out money so that you can keep Bo and just learn the same thing, same thing that you've already learned here with J.C. Miller. You just can't do it. And again, this isn't an indictment on Bo Horvat. If the Canucks were... A, really close to being a contender, like really close to being a contender. I'm fine with that JT Miller contract. I am fine with the Bo Horvat contract, but the Canucks have no direction. They have no plan right now, and they need to set one in order to figure out who deserves this money. Because right now you're paying for JT Miller at his best, doing what he's doing now. It's not enough to move the Canucks over the needle. You're not even paying for Bo Horvat to be on pace, to be a 60 goal scorer in the league, and you still can't win games with your team in their current form. This is going to take some time. And the Canucks need to actually make moves that show that they recognize that it's going to take time. I, I, every And I don't want to say I'm tired of this. Everybody is tired of this. Everybody is tired of this middle-of-the-pack stuff. And I don't want to come out and just repeat what we've been saying for the past, I don't know how many weeks, since the start of the season when the team couldn't buy a win for their first seven games or whatever it was. You, you just look at these situations and you just say, okay, like it's great that they offered something to Bo under eight $8 million, and you assume for around seven, eight years. It's great that they offered him that and he rejected that. But what if he accepted it? Like, mm. what if you had J.C. Miller on the books and you had Bo? And again, Dollywell said that uh, he thinks with what they were going to offer that the Canucks would have been over the cap anyway um, next year. So there would have had to been some g- gymnastics that happened. But if this is the best the Canucks are going to do, then move on like like figure out what where you go from here make a plan and follow it like like you said sure you're being forced into it more than you would have liked to have been but take the hint like like you have to at this point you have to do something do some that healing shows, man. do exactly. some healing for
2: this organized for the fan base right like begin the healing process anyways that's just the way i look at and like I think a lot of it, too, can be looked at as like, hey, listen, so think about like the Rangers trade off, right? If you get a first round pick, let's say the Rangers finish or any team that you trade with, like say you end up trading a first round pick for with the Avalanche and they finish, you know, top four, they get to the semifinals, whatever you're you're picking like 29th in the in this upcoming draft. Think of the like the players that could add to the Canucks prospect pool in that is huge. And we'll get to our poll question a little bit cuz it's interesting with that and kind of to tie back into this, but we'll get to the lineup changes. But like think of last year's draft. 28th overall, Yuri Kulik goes, a center who's looked great coming from the Czech league. 29th overall, Maverick Lammerer, the right-shot defenseman who's like 6 foot 8 or something like that. Brad Lambert goes 30th overall. He's jumping into the AHL. Saw him play on Friday. Like these type of prospects are what really helps you moving forward down the road because we're seeing right now with the Canucks top prospects being like four, like you need Jack Rathbone to hit, you need Kalimovich to hit, you need these prospects to hit, you just need more of those type of prospects and those are the type of ones you could be getting with these first round picks. We'll get to that later on uh, in the poll question, but you want to touch on the the lineup changes from Sunday? I was out at practice yeah, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, Bruce and Dakota Joshua told us not to read too much into these right. and, and again, like with how the Canucks played on the weekend and how Bruce tried literally every line combination known to man, it seemed like ten different lines. I think I'm not going to read or... into these lines. So I don't think there's a need. Like honestly, like the only thing you sh- you should know they're happening so that you can kind of see, okay, this is what the management team and excuse me, the coaching staff has in mind uh, for the Canucks lines and like you should know that they think that, yeah, maybe Brock Bester can play with JT Miller, but they're just trying everything. I don't think this is going to here's stick. what
2: you can read from this is JT Miller in the middle. Right. And Bruce talked about this on Sunday is like, you yeah. don't want to just throw him into a game action at center. They need to get him some reps, right? Like, I, I don't know. Moving Miller to center. Yeah. You can do as many reps as you want. We, we've seen him play center quite a bit. I wonder not reporting. I wonder how
0: much of that was related to them saying, Hey, Bruce, uh, Bo just declined our best contract offer, and we're going to start looking yeah. to move him. You're going to be down your best center, uh, other than Elias
2: Pedersen. right? And to some accountability as well. Like uh, I, I saw this talked about a lot over the past, uh, you know, 48 hours ever since the game on Saturday night. Really, of like, like accountability for J T. Miller being different than other players, and, and it absolutely is, right? Like the accountability that Niels Huglander takes when he makes a bad play compared yeah. to J T. Miller making a horrendous play where the giveaway just sets the other team up for a breakaway. It's very different for these players, and that sets a, a tough standard, right? Because, yeah, he's a veteran player. He's been around for a bit. He puts up points. This team has no but culture. That can't, no, it doesn't. Like, it it doesn't. really doesn't. There's there's, there's a lot of bad things going on. Um, but to put Miller down at center, I also found it interesting. This is, this is the first time in a long time, maybe all season, maybe not all season. Maybe all season, actually, now that I think about it. The practice on Sunday was the first time JT Miller was not in the first line red jerseys. And that's just maybe some sort of accountability it was like petterson who's worn green is kind of the second like just, maybe there's more media stuff but we see this in practice <laughs> every day Of like first line is red yeah. second line is green third line is blue fourth line is white that's the jerseys that they wear that's how we see who's playing with who every single practice this is a, maybe the first time all season i could be wrong there might be like a couple other little instances where he hasn't been but not on the first line anymore it looked like he was he was wearing the green uh, and Pedersen's line was wearing the red, even though Dries was there in that Yeah, spot. Dries is As the placeholder.
0: Pedersen yeah. was sick. There was a
2: day off on Monday, so
0: someone in the chat asked if uh, Pedersen's still sick. We don't know. There's a bad flu going around. Like, everybody mm-hmm.
2: seems to be getting sick, and right. uh, hockey players get sick sometimes, too. Yeah, good spot for Joshua to get an opportunity. I mean, he's done everything you could ask for the role that he's been in. Now they're going to ask him to do more, potentially, if he's in this line. We'll have a lot more from tomorrow. So tomorrow will be an interesting show to kind of dive more into the lineup um, because I think we'll have a little bit more of an answer to what this lineup actually looks like but I did read into a couple other things um Kyle Burrows obviously getting opportunity uh, with OEL King Kyle he's back
0: in place of Ethan nice Bear see, though
2: like yeah let's we'll we get talked to that about Ethan second. Bear as sorry do you have more well I got the King Kyle uh, graphic for the old YouTube folks
0: all right well you you talked to Bruce Boudreaux about Kyle Burrows getting into the lineup and he was pretty coy on it like he was like we'll see basically mm-hmm. is what he said and
2: in well, I, I straight up asked him, I said, and that's, listen, I because sorry to cut you off, but like he said, like when when asking about Burroughs, you remember this a few, like a month ago, not even a few weeks ago and he was like, listen, Kyle knows his, like he knows his role on this team. He's the seventh defenseman. He works hard. So I asked, like, that's what I asked Bruce. I said, listen, like after what happened on Saturday with a lack of effort, is this the game to go to Burroughs? And he said, yeah, we'll see. Right. Like he's skating on that line. Should ask like, it feels like this is the type of game to get Burroughs in. After what you just saw on in Saturday, in place
0: of Ethan Bear, though, but yeah,
2: that like that Ethan I don't Bear know, hasn't though.
0: been a world burner, no, but he's been a top three defenseman on this team. Yeah, like I would say it's Hughes Shen, Ethan Bear. Like, look, I like Tyler Myers. He hasn't been good this year. Neither is OEL. And don't get me started on Riley Stillman, mm-hmm. who actually, to his credit, Riley Stillman hasn't
2: looked as bad lately. No, and I, I man, I. And, and, but Travis Durbin's coming know. back. Travis Durbin's on his way back. Yeah, I agree. there's a couple of you in the chat already, Commander and uh, and Corey saying top two. I, yeah, I think, I think Bear has been the second best defenseman consistently fair. since yep. he's came here. Very fair. At moving the puck, which is one of the most, if not the most important thing for a defenseman to do right now in the NHL, is be able to move the puck. Ethan Bear can do that. And
0: again, let's not read too much into practice lines, but if Ethan Bear nope. scratched, it's just... What are we doing here?
2: Yeah, and quickly on Dermot as well, because I know a lot of people are asking about uh, Travis Dermot. When I asked Boudreaux about it, he said, no update from me. I don't know. I've just been hearing this a lot from Boudreaux of late, where it's like the way that he's hinting at things of like management making decisions on stuff. Think about it with like, when we ask him, hey, is, is seems it to seems, to sure to no, no, no. He seems to it be, he's not for sure. No, no, no. But it seems just like when you ask him about players getting a chance in the AHL, not my decision type of thing. Not my decision. It just, yeah, it is interesting because I feel like Dermot wants to play. He wants to get back in the lineup. I don't know exactly if there's anything holding him back. Like I said, it could be no update for me. Maybe he's looking for an update from the doctor. Like whatever it is, Travis dermot has been practicing. He's been practicing hard. No limitations over the last week and maybe two weeks almost now. So it's a little curious to see why he's not getting in the lineup. But then again, you know, head injuries or something else, too. That's another animal uh, to deal with in its own right.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door.
0: Be yeah, very careful. absolutely. Okay,
2: want to uh, get to the poll question yep. here? Let's do it. Let's okay. get to our kind of poll rounding question. back to the Horvat thing in the end too. A little bit here with uh, yeah,
0: quicker episode today, but tomorrow we'll have more. No, uh, don't worry. Like I got one, a lot of
2: prospects in here. Oh, a lot fantastic. of prospects. Report. Uh, one one game for the Canucks this week, and then they play on Saturday as well. Yeah, so a lot of time to work on uh, ourselves, ourselves, but also like the Canucks to work on the, uh, you know, a little bit of structure, maybe structure. Yeah, that'll, that'll fix that it. Thing. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I loved uh, Boudreaux's answer to IMAX question on the weekend. (laughs) Can we get touch on that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. That was incredible. You were there. No, I wasn't. Oh, you weren't. (laughs) uh, I was at a a fancy dinner, Um, fancy work dinner for my fiance. A bunch of doctors. Uh, It was good. Okay, okay, let's go. Let's go. Come on. You should have seen the appetizers. I got people DMing me on Instagram saying, what the heck? There's a home game. There's no uh, snacks on your Instagram. I should have posted the snacks from this dinner. You know what I had? I had all, oh veg- before I get into, we'll get to the poll question. I'll give Alex another minute to pull it up here. I don't know what he's doing over there, but uh, I had a vegeta a full plate. <laughs> oh, he's gone, oh, he's showing off. Yeah. The, I had a full vegetarian plate at this dinner. I, I, there was options to have short ribs, um, chicken legs, which like, what is it? Like the thigh and the drumstick. That's like the, the leg, right? That's the whole leg. I think so. I don't know. Anyways, those are my options. Here's what I went with cauliflower i went with the cauliflower i had cauliflower potatoes caesar salad the cauliflower i people sleep on cauliflower and some people don't like it i love the texture of cauliflower if it's cooked right i love it so i had a full vegetarian meal on the on the weekend i went which to, is rare
0: for me we went to carderos you know carderos no nope, i uh, heard of it place down here seafood place really good um we went for my girlfriend's work party and i ate a lot of lamb and wow. a lot of ribs, but I also had
2: some veggies in there. Not a big lamb guy. I like lamb. Uh, see, I see a lot of people don't like lamb. No, it's a little out there. I'd uh. rather eat deer than lamb. I've never. I don't think I've. That might had be deer. a hot take. All right, let's get to the poll question.
0: Okay. Uh, Okay, let's get to the poll question brought to you by the great folks at Atlas Goods. Uh, Our poll question today, what would make you the happiest as a fan? So far, uh, leading the vote with 57% is adding two first-round picks. Behind that is a third to sixth overall pick. Uh, And 8% is playoffs. 11% of folks say they are angry. 8% of fans Alex is going to be angry because
2: you already gave the answer. Alex hasn't voted yet.
0: Oh, whatever. He's going to be pissed. 8% of fans... Eight percent of Canucks fans, Chris, that listen to this show, say that play, making the playoffs will make them happiest. Mm.
2: You gave Alex. See, Alex, he always gets the Whatever. answer. Whatever, right? Alex. Alex, no, you got goes, that anyway. No, that's goes such an obvious answer. You got you. You. Okay. You poll questions. I don't Is know. Is that too? No, that's not too much. I'm joking. What if the can? Would you rather have in this draft specifically the fourth overall pick, or would you rather have three late first? Three
0: late first. Yeah. Fourth overall. No, fourth? I disagree, Alex. In this
2: draft, you're taking fourth overall. No, man. I disagree. Yeah,
0: you are. No, th- no, you want three first round picks. You no. want if you're the Canucks, you have absolutely nothing. Like we that just talked about, question. you just talked about trading Bo Horvat and mm-hmm. how, yeah, Jack Stenico is your second line seven. You can have it all, baby. No, if you have three first round picks in this draft, like, hey, look, if one of those picks is in the top top five, top mm. ten anyway, because you're bad. When you trade Bo Horvat, right? And you're adding two late firsts? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what you're suggesting here, Chris, is trading
2: Bo Horvat. And tell you what, any other draft maybe, but this one. You're going to get that pick anyway. So let's say you get 15, 29, and 31. Would you rather have that than fourth overall? Absolutely. No. Who are you taking
0: fourth overall that you stoked about? I would take
2: Mitchkov, Leo Carlson, Fantilli, Fantilli and Bedard are going to go 1-2. Yeah. And then it's going to be Carlson or fin, or, or uh, Mitch Cobb Mitch going 3-4. Yeah. of the you're getting an absolute superstar with either of those players. Those that top this top four is ridiculous. You, okay, but I'd even, rather have a top even, four than even the, than the late, three late part. First.
0: And I've started to do my draft research. Okay. The later part of this first round, you are able to add difference makers right up till the Ooh. second round
2: in this draft. Uh, and forwards maybe, but you're getting like wingers again.
0: Look. If you're the Canucks, and hey, I'm saying you're adding two first-round picks in a Bo Horvat trade. That would make me happiest. That's mm. what I'm voting for, right? And I'm saying that the Canucks might still get a top-ten pick. Maybe 15th is, is tough. You really think the Canucks are going to finish one spot outside of a wild-card spot? There's no chance the Canucks are mm, finishing I mean, there. that
2: sounds pretty Canuck to me.
0: But after trading Bo Horvat, you think the Canucks are finishing there?
2: Like they can't even get the job done. No, but they, you know, maybe Thatcher Demko goes on a run late, something like that. They could. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I'll give you this: thirteenth overall, and the last two picks of the draft. Yeah, well, last of the first two, round. last
0: two, who 30th, you, who are you trading with that you're 37th. getting in the
2: last two? The Avalanche get Bo Horvat. Yeah, anyways. and let's say maybe you get a first down the road, right? Doesn't even have to be this. We same. looked at where
0: the Avalanche are in the standings.
2: Yeah, but they're uh, not finishing Presidents Trophy. No, but let's look at the end of the season where they're at. It's going to matter where they sure. finish in the playoffs of, of where they're drafting.
0: Yeah, goes. so that might be like the twenty-sixth overall.
2: No, I think I'm not, I'm right not. with the fourth overall in this draft. <laughs> listen, any other draft that sure. you talk about, maybe, but not with this top four. I think I think you're with probably getting Mitch Cobb there. Because Mitchkov, like he's going to fall because of the Russia factor, but for three, four years down the road, you are you're loving watching a 22 year old Michkov walk into your first line and yeah. be a superstar. In the what do NHL. you have
0: in the meantime?
2: Like time to rebuild and time to get ready for it. Yeah, okay. You talk about pieces coming into a team like later down the road. You got like Petterson coming up uh, on the end of like you know moving into his next contract with the Canucks. You got Quinn Hughes near the end, and you add Michkov to the group. If you do things right. I, I'm taking the fourth, and ever, everyone in the chat agrees with me. Not one person on your side here in the chat. So thank you very much for that. Well, I, Everyone's look, saying fourth. Rather take the fourth. Rather take the fourth. Quads. Okay, is, fourth quads is, is an fine,
0: idiot. but if 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 one of those one of those two first round picks or three, excuse me, one of your three first round picks, if it's a top ten pick, right. I'm fine with that. Add two later in the first. Like you're adding a first-round talent. That's what this team needs. They need more of that. Like
2: that's the interesting thing, though, is you could, yeah, like you could have all of it. You could I mean, have okay. the, You could have the middle. Team, I want like you to
0: think course. about for a sec how good Brock Besser was in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Go back to that. Okay, imagine this team adding a player like that, rookie Brock Besser, not the current Brock Besser, rookie Brock Besser, adding that to this team when you're looking in like a year's time or two years time. Okay, you're adding two of those potentially because oh, it's a winger. You're adding two of those to your team in two years' time, or would you rather wait
2: four years for Matt V. Michkov? Like, what, man, you know Michkov is—I is, know he's great. he's great. He's
1: great. He's going to go ahead, Alex. Go Alex ahead, wants Tim. in on
2: this. I know he's on my side.
1: Uh, just because like you're not guaranteed to draft a Besser in the in the later first round. Like that was a pretty good hit, and like you know you're more likely to hit on a. Fifth overall,
0: than you are at two twenty six. You are, but this team, 26. this team isn't getting turned around by adding a superstar to it. Like, Elias Pettersson can't carry the load by himself. Elias Pettersson, one other guy can't carry the load by themselves.
2: And, and is Elias Pettersson
0: here time? in four years? If you go with Mitchko, this is a stupid hypothetical. No, I don't even want to not. talk about it anymore. The the people agree with me. No. Uh, the the poll question people do agree with me. Adding two first round picks. Is what would make fans happiest. Right,
2: that's because people are seeing it could be a third to sixth. I'm saying fourth. If you can get top four in this draft, you're uh, laughing with the superstar. Sure.
1: Can, can I add this? The 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 Canucks are probably... They go and they start trading away Horvat. They trade away some other pieces. You know, Shen doesn't sign, whatever. They're going to have a real deep prospect pool and you're not going to be good for a bunch of years so you're going to probably accumulate a couple of top five picks similar mm. to what i saw here in ottawa you're not going to necessarily need three of them all from one draft if you can get some quality guys like ottawa got in that redraft in that rebuild they got stutzla they got kachuk they got sanderson these are all top fives and if they would have gone, you know, with, with later first rounders, we're still waiting on those. Like Ridley Gregg, we're still waiting on. Right. You know, the, and a lot of those guys. It, it just pushes that so much further down the road. And if you're talking about wasting Peterson and Quinn's prime years, you want to get this thing going as fast as you can. You get those higher top five pick type deal, three to six, whatever. Yeah. if it's next kind of year regard- you're getting another one. And the next year you might be getting that 10 – plus or whatever or you're flipping it but for it to
0: it let's see. let's talk about what we're actually and Alex good point but Chris what I'm saying to you is if you're not adding two first round picks you have traded Bo Horvat for a young center or right. you've traded Bo Horvat for a roster
2: piece to win now no you could do like you could have both for sure what I'm saying is the more like this this was the question is what would make you happiest as a fan the, the it's Connor not Bernard, about one Connor or Bernard. the other yeah, I'm not, I'm not entertaining I'm this anymore. This is a stupid conversation. I just, no, it's not because, you know, Alex is a good example of this with first-round picks. What What's Lassie Thompson done as the 19th overall pick since 2019? Not a lot. You know, the like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of hits that you don't have out of the top 15. You're not getting a Brock Besser every time. Yeah, this is a good draft, though. This is a good draft. It's a good draft for forwards and wingers. Yep. There's, there's going to be, like four defensemen so add future first round there's picks there's going to be like six defensemen going add this draft future first round picks first do exactly
0: round. what what Alex was just saying add first round picks i'm ta- like don't just hope that you you suck enough to get the third sixth overall pick they're not trading for the third or sixth overall pick mm-hmm. so you're hoping that that's what happens and the, like you said the most Canucks thing that happens is that they don't get that they get the 15th pick yeah, so 14th. add the first round picks you've got nothing Add the picks. Don't hope that you finish fourth so you can get Matt Bay-Mitchkov or whatever you're saying. It doesn't make sense. It's a stupid conversation. We're not having it anymore. Done. Uh, oh, sorry. I forgot All to right. mention
2: uh, Atlas Goods. Everyone in the chat agrees with me, so I'm, just, don't. I'm happy They, with
0: they that. literally don't. Uh, go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order oh, look at of that. pop rinds to so the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Uh, unless you're Chris, then you uh, wait and see if they just show up at your door instead of
2: going out and getting them yourself. Fourth overall pick. I tell you what, pork rinds are going to be there by the fourth. Pork rinds are the Connor Bedard of the snack table. <laughs> yeah, the bacon, the Atlas Goods
0: bacon is the Connor Bedard of the snack table. It's
2: beautiful, good stuff. But if you're bacon. Chris,
0: you just hope that it lands in your lap. You don't do anything well, proactive. Listen, to yeah,
2: you'd be trading for what celery sticks and hummus. <laughs> That's what you'd be pulling off in the late first round. All right, prospect report. Let's get to it. Uh, before we get to Betway. Vasily Colson. he's officially a prospect again because he's down in the AHL. <laughs> I'm bringing him up. Uh, he's getting more time on the PK out there now. For, he pulled the quote here, Alex, from Colson that I got from him. Uh, went out there on Friday, had a really good talk with him for a long time. Uh, and it was interesting to hear him talk about the penalty kill because he's out there. Uh, and we talked, we talked about this with Carlton last week, and he was like, we're not just going to throw him out there the day he arrives. We wanted to work some systems. Uh, and he's getting a lot more time on the penalty kill. He said... This is what Pod Colson said. He said, I feel comfortable on the PK. I know this job, and I like this job. That's what he told us Friday after a 7-0 win over the Manitoba Moose. That was a blast uh, to go out there and have. i got to tell a funny story about uh, Tomy in a second. Have I told you this? No. Okay. I'll tell you that. I'll finish the quote here. Uh, He said, it's a really good opportunity for me to feel this confidence coming back. I really appreciate it. I feel like I have to respond to it because not too many guys get this time on the PK or on the power play. I just appreciate the time. I'm here to work, and I'm working. Love it. Love Absolutely. the like, good stuff from Pod Coles. And I was so happy when he said that. But, okay, Tommy, my boy from Finland, he covers, uh, he writes for he writes for a bunch of outlets out there in Finland. He's here at all the Canucks games. He comes out to AHL games with me. It's nice to have some company out there. You wouldn't know anything about this. But uh, Tommy comes out. They got four prospects, uh, four Finnish players on the AHL team for the Manitoba Moose. This is what happens. Henela doesn't play, doesn't show up. He's like a big one, Billy Henela. Henle, he doesn't play. Brad Lambert takes a hit to the head from, uh, from Vinny Arsenault. He's got to get stitches. He can't talk after the game. The goaltender gets lit up and then he just ends up getting like the depth, uh, defenseman on the HL oh, team. Geez. So like a horrible experience, uh, for my boy Tommy out there. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the Klimovic stuff too. He's been rolling of late. Danilo Klimovic, he's got, uh, six points in his last six games. Just some good stuff coming from Klimovic. All right, blow it up here, Alex. We're going to show this, uh, this Klimovic here. I think this is the goal. I actually can't remember. Yeah, this is a nice goal from Klimovic. Just a goal scorer's goal, man. Goes around the defender. Uh, gets an opportunity on two-on-one. Chase Waters, good pass to him. He's kind of rolling on that line right now. Tristan Nielsen, Chase Waters, Daniil Klimovic playing together. Klimovic playing good hockey. I texted with Dan Milstein last week. He said the plan's working. Uh, he was all happy about that. But uh, Klimovic, look, there's the finished goalie right there. He's, getting, he's about to get lit up. 7 nothing game. Uh, but Klimovic, good player. This is a goal scorer's goal. You need this. He's got some confidence. He's playing well. Basically, ever since Pod Colson got there, uh, you're, you're just really liking what you're seeing from Daniel Klimovic. I also bring up the uh, the assist that he had. This is pretty. This is this, I tell you. like we I've I mentioned it a lot, so maybe it's not like uh, underreported anymore, but Klimovic's ability to make passes, these pretty passes this guy can make. Just a beautiful, like, good play here. Behind the back to Tristan Nielsen. What a dog right there He with a beautiful finish from Nielsen. Uh, but I tell you, like, Klimovich is his playmaking, his shooting, everything's been really good. But the effort level is what's creating it uh, of late for Klimovich. That's been the best part uh, to watch of his game so far. We'll stick in the AHL as well, Quads. I know uh, you like this; you'll like this one. I was text, I tried to get you this uh, this video up. Your boy Archer Seelos with the shutout. I tried, rec- so I re- tried recording the end because I was like, uh, I want to get all the goalie hugs for Quads. I know you're jealous of all the guys getting the opportunity to hug Seelos here, but there was a little bit of a dirty play at the end of this game in a seven nothing game. So the goal, look at it. if you're seeing this on YouTube, poor Sea loves, he only gets one hug the whole time. Cause everyone else is trying to scrap at center ice with them or not even scrap. This is more of a basketball fight. Uh, they're all just standing around at center ice, trying to get into each other's faces here. Nothing's going to happen. Nobody gets any punches, but the, the poor result here is Archer C is getting a shutout and no goalie hugged. No goalie hugs. You got uh, Linus Carlson laying down on the ice. He got slashed in the leg, but loves doesn't even get a hug. Couple fist bumps and that's it. What do you think about that? No love for the goalie. Well,
0: Lane, and him a hug. That. Call up uh, Christian Malenin again and actually keep him here. Put him in the lineup. Malenin's not getting a shot. I thought he was going to get a shot. He's not getting a shot. No, I tell you, he looks good though. Yeah, but he's not getting a shot. Travis Dermott's coming back. He's not coming out. No, that's he's not true. getting a shot. Christian Malenin should have had a shot over Riley Stillman. He didn't have one. Here we are, Christian okay, I'll roll gonna through because we're
2: going to get to Betway here. Uh, Connor Lockhart serving a three game suspension. He slew footed someone last week, so he's not playing this weekend. Victor Parrison had an assist on Friday. Drake Truscott he had an assist in a two one win over their rival Michigan State. Uh, Dakota Joshua's little brother actually playing for Michigan State as well. Damon Gardner with another goal in the US USHL on Friday. He's now got two goals in six games in the USHL. I mentioned the Sea Love shutout. And Alex, can you pull this one up? Uh, got to mention the AHL Player of the Week quads. You saw this, I think. Askarov here. One of the goaltenders of the future of the NHL, if you ask me. (laughs) Yaroslav Askarov stopped 60 of 61 wins. I tell, you know you I know you you know how hard it is to play goalie in the AHL to see this type of performance I mean you must just love this with Askarov eh? like you, you see this kind of success from a goaltender in the AHL you must think wow everybody look at the future here everybody has this idea that I
0: loathe Askarov because he was touted by all these drafting outlets oh, he oh he's NHL ready he draft him 11th overall he's fine he's gonna be NHL ready oh, and good. I said wait wait a second he has no structure in his game yet he's got no technique he's propped up by a really good defense in ska and you know he's diving all over the ice making these highlight reel saves that everybody loves he has no structure in his game he gets lit up at the world juniors three years in a row and he was like oh no one saw this coming and yeah, I, all tough. i did was say no i literally said this would happen and it happened three years in a row here's my I, thought on
2: this at the my why thought got lit up? my
0: thought is he's got really he's got great raw talent he's oh, got 60, really 61. good abilities really good abilities but he needs to fine-tune his game a lot and hey mm-hmm. like the Looks like he Nashville has. GM even came out and said, he's like, I hope everybody learns to pump the brakes a bit on a because he needs a lot of work. Or maybe it was the goalie coach that said mm. that. But someone like a national reporter is like, how far away is he from being in the NHL? And they're like, he needs a well, lot of two work. weeks
2: right now, the way he's yeah. playing.
0: And he does need a lot of work and hopefully he gets it. I don't, I, I think I, he has a chance. He's got really good raw talent, but he's not some, you know, this second coming of
2: Carey Price where you can just put him in your lineup right away. Yeah, he's more of a Jose Theodore MVP type. Uh, if okay. You ask me. Wrap it up. It's funny because I hate right-handed goalies. <laughs> but I would like him because I know you hate him. You don't I don't like hate him. him. You he's... think he's going nowhere. Anyway, wrap it up. You think he's going to have a few more AHL Player of the Weeks over his career. But uh, I tell you why he didn't do good with Russia. It's because everyone on Russia was left-handed. Okay. And he's right-handed. What's he supposed to They can't defend that side. We're overtime here. Wrap it up. Right, Betway. Bet way. Betway, Betway, Betway. Pull it up, Alex, here. We got uh, the bet. We got no Canucks game tonight. So we got Montreal and, uh, and Calgary to rock with. Either or, you know, these are my bets. My Betway bets. Uh Betway. These are my bets on Betway. Uh, the either ors right now, those are my favorite on Betway. Uh, Cole Caulfield or Tyler to Betway to score one goal in this game, Betway. Uh, ten dollars gonna get you fifteen fifty on the return over there on Betway.com. Or, or Betway.ca. Betway Betway? I don't know. Google it. Uh, Betway, Cole Caulfield or Tyler Tefole to score a goal. Uh, you're getting that minus one eighty two. So ten bucks, like I said, fifteen fifty. Either or. Not not both. Just either or. And they're scoring, too. Caulfield's got a lot of goals of late. Tyler Tufoli, both these guys got double-digit goals on the season. Um, oh, so then the other one, over 6.5 total goals. I thought Montreal was getting a lot more goals of late. They're actually doing a pretty decent job of, like, containing. But uh, Calgary, they've been scoring a lot of goals for and against over their last few games. Uh, kind of threw me through a loop there in that. Uh, but I feel good. Plus 140 of that. And then you get Nick Suzuki uh, with just a point in this game. Nick Suzuki quads. Over a point per game or under a point per game this season? What do you think? Take a guess. Over. He is over. He's got 29 Montreal points Captain. in uh, 27 games. He's off to a good start. He's, he's, he's a good piece on their power play, that Nick Suzuki uh, fella. All right, that's our Betway uh, bets of the day over there on Betway. So uh, that wraps it up. That's uh, All right. We run a little bit late, but we I'll have. tell you what, we started a little bit late too.
0: i got to catch the train. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation.
2: Ask her out for MVP. HL MVP. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. (laughs) Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen